This is the Crypto Valley Podcast. What's going on everyone? This is RK. Welcome to another episode of the Crypto Valley Podcast. Today is July 16th, 2020, and I am speaking to you from Zurich, from the beautiful, nice Zurich. We have an amazing weather today. I like it to be cloudy, so we had a lot of sun exposure the last few weeks, so it was time a little bit for some uh, cloudiness here in uh, Zurich. Anyways, so on this podcast, we explore the history of money, as you know, and we go very deep on this subject from its very inception all the way to uh, the current state of money and most importantly, the future of it. We also discuss how the current financial system illusions investors and consumers and how you can exit and obtain your financial interdependence. So if you are someone who has average to no experience in finance and would like to take control of financial future, then this podcast is exactly for you. Even if you are experienced, that doesn't matter. Um, You can still learn a lot on this podcast. Uh, As you know, I was not uh, recording much for the past few weeks. I was a little bit busy with some other stuff. But uh, today I have decided to take the time to record another episode. We are going to talk a little bit about Bitcoin, how Bitcoin changes money as we know it, and how the effect of financial democracy can be Uh, so much valuable to everyday people and yeah I mean this is uh, I don't want to overcomplicate the subjects we talk about so um, and I was talking to another friend yesterday he was saying that uh, when he listens to my podcast he cannot follow everything I'm saying when it comes to uh, technicalities and again I want to mention that this really is not important guys if you listen to my episodes about how bitcoin works and you don't understand anything it's fine it's okay you do not have to understand every detail uh, every technical detail on how bitcoin works in order to understand its benefits so from now on on this episode and after this episode you will more see the effect that Bitcoin has or potentially has on the future and why you should definitely take a look at this technology and you should definitely care. Everything else I was talking so far on this podcast should, I mean, I recommend that you listen from the beginning of the podcast all the way to episode 7 Uh, because I have designed the first seven episodes pretty much chronologically for everyday people because it will make you understand things much easier if you understand the history of money. And we start at the first episode 
by talking about how money came into existence and we move all the way to crypto and now Bitcoin. So let's get started. Today we're going to talk about Bitcoin and how Bitcoin changes money as we know it. So as I mentioned in the previous episodes, I um, have mentioned a few technicalities about Bitcoin, but most importantly, what you need to understand is Bitcoin has a huge difference to traditional money. And that difference is that it gives people, everyday people, the full responsibility of their wealth. So what does that mean? You know that if you have your money stored at a bank, you basically are owed that amount. You actually, by law, do not own that money. Uh, but the bank owes that money to you. It becomes automatically, uh, you are basically on the balance sheet of the bank, the amount you deposit into your account is a liability for the bank. So the bank owes you that money. And therefore, if the bank goes bust, your money is gone. And depending on where you are, in which bank you are and where the bank is registered and regulated, you are, yeah, you can get some of your money back. Here in Europe, it's 100,000 euros per account. Uh, I'm sorry, per account holder. So if you have three accounts at the same bank, collectively, all three accounts are insured up to 100,000. And that's because you have basically trusted your money to the hands of a third party. You have basically outsourced the responsibility of taking care of your money. And this responsibility is given to everyday people back when they store their wealth in Bitcoin. Just like you would store gold somewhere in, at your home and you're responsible for that piece of gold that's exactly how Bitcoin works as well or like cash if you have cash in your hands and you lose it the money is gone right but if you have a credit card in your hand and you lose the credit card that's fine uh, you can call your bank and the bank will send you another credit card because you have outsourced that responsibility now this has some benefits but also some disadvantages if you can no longer trust your bank obviously or if you can no longer trust even the currency then obviously your money is going to get less and less worse or if the worst case if the bank goes bust your money is gone completely all of a sudden so with bitcoin now let's get into bitcoin what bitcoin does with bitcoin what Satoshi did was he created a system where every individual who owns a piece of Bitcoin is automatically, as long as he is in possession of his keys, fully responsible for the Bitcoin. So if you lose your keys to your wallet, and it's compromised, I don't know, if somebody steals it, then the money 
or the bitcoins are gone. And the way it works is that you have basically a private key and a public key. Your public key, as it's mentioned on the name, is public. So it's just like your IBAN with a bank. And this public key can be shared with anybody and uh, you can receive money or bitcoins into that public key from anyone. However, the private key is just like the key to your bitcoins. And if that key is gone, basically the bitcoins are compromised to a third party and they can be stolen. Now, of course, some people or actually the majority of small uh, retail investors, because they are not very um, familiar with this industry and they're not technically very far, they trust their bitcoins to the exchanges. So their private keys are stored at the exchanges. Which means that if this exchange is hacked or if this exchange goes bust, just like it happened with the first exchange of Bitcoin, Mt. Dox, uh, that your money or your Bitcoins will be gone. That's why they always say in the Bitcoin community, not your keys, not your coins. So the best way to store your Bitcoin is to have your own private keys stored very, very safely on a piece of paper. And uh, that is the beauty of it. But of course, it comes at the cost of some responsibility. Because if you lose that key, um, yeah, it's just like using a bar of gold and that is gone, right? So you can rent some safe at a very, very trusted uh, third party where you can put your uh, private key and um, you can maybe store it somewhere at home very safely if you can be sure that nobody can gain access to it. And the beauty of Bitcoin, however, is that you can store your wallet or your private key, excuse me, not your wallet, but your private key can be stored anywhere offline without having um, exposure to the internet and you can still receive on the same wallet new bitcoins because your public key can be available and you can even generate new public keys without your private keys. That's the beauty of it. So you can have your private keys stored somewhere and you can still receive on the same wallet bitcoins as much as you want. However, if you want to send some bitcoins to somebody, as soon as you have to um, transact with somebody else, you will need your private keys, right? Because that's basically your digital signature that proves that you are in, pos in possession of those Bitcoins. This is quite important to understand because most people um, think that Bitcoin is just an asset like uh, stock that they can buy. And uh, for some people it is, but uh, essentially it is not. You can store your Bitcoins privately 
completely anonymous on your private wallet and you can store it somewhere very 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 safe and uh, yeah basically no one could gain access to it now you need to ask yourself what effect does this have well if i have complete control over my private keys that means that it does not matter what happens with the banks in the world and not only that it also does not matter what happens with the currency i'm holding for example if you own us dollars let's say paper us dollars and you store it at your home privately if the bank goes bust it doesn't matter but if the central bank pumps more of those papers into the market it does matter even if you store your paper dollars somewhere safe if there is more of those dollars available in the market obviously those dollars that you have stored somewhere very very safe is going to be worthless that's exactly what happened during the German uh, Reichsmark uh, recession in the 1920s uh, people were so scared during the first world war and they were storing all their cash in, under the mattress and as soon as confidence came back and people got out all their savings to spend money uh, the government however kept printing more and more of those marks and all of a sudden Germany suffered from hyperinflation and this is quite interesting because if you look at Bitcoin there is no central bank that is able to print it so if you store your Bitcoin somewhere safe it is not only protected from the hands of the banks that could go bust or that could be compromised by uh, the controlling body above them let's say you live in a very corrupt country and all of a sudden uh, like in Lebanon at the moment uh, what's happening there uh, all of a sudden banks decide to limit withdrawals up to a hundred dollars per week and at the same time the dollars that they have get inflated more and more become more um, uh, less and less worth every day so people cannot withdraw them and the money becomes worth less and less but if you would store your wealth in bitcoin you and you are in possession of your private keys you have not only access to your bitcoins whenever you want you also are protected from inflation because no one can print bitcoin because it's completely decentralized and the code has determined from the very inception of bitcoin that there will only ever be 21 million and no one can change that we discussed that in the previous episodes if you want to understand why exactly that is so just listen to my uh, uh, three episodes about Bitcoin and how Bitcoin works so this is 
especially now, especially in the current circumstances, what is happening right now in the world, how crazy the printing press is printing more and more and people are still scared. It's just like déjà vu from Germany in the 20s where people were scared and everybody was just saving and saving and saving. That's exactly what's happening right now. We just had COVID and everybody is still cautious, scared, and there is no not much confidence in the markets. And the central banks, however, are printing and printing and printing and printing. And of course, we don't see inflation right now because people or the, um, the velocity of money has not come into effect. Velocity is something I don't want to explain exactly how it works in this episode. But if you want to look it up, just look it up. It's something that basically causes uh, money to circulate in the market and basically uh, at the end uh, if there is more money in circulation causes the inflation to happen so if there is no velocity happening or spending or circulation happening no matter how much money is printed of course there is no inflation but if confidence and it will definitely happen if confidence comes back just like it happened in the 20s in Germany we will see all these printed amounts come into velocity and inflation will pick up and their people will the savers everybody who was saving wealth into these currencies will be the ones who will suffer most their hard-earned time into these currencies will be completely destroyed and we see it already that's the interesting part we in the western world think that's not going to affect us of course it's okay it has always been affecting us in the history of money always been just like it didn't ha- just because it didn't happen in the past 50 years does not mean that it will never happen in fact it is happening in other currencies in brazil in argentina in venezuela in iran in turkey all these countries are suffering inflation if not hyperinflation and it's because of corrupt governments Uh, printing and completely destroying wealth and stealing money through inflation from the middle and putting putting it on top of the entire system. And it will come to our countries as well. And the reason why it has still not come to our countries is, first of all, uh, the reason I just explained. Velocity has not come as much as we would expect it to come Uh, it will take time and another thing is that our currencies are not only used in our countries but also are valued in other countries look at the US the US did only not suffer from inflation even though it printed so much since 2008 
because it actually is exporting its inflation into other countries. Because China is using dollars, uh, Saudi Arabia is using dollars, all because it's a world reserve currency. All these other countries uh, depend on the dollar because oil is even priced in dollars. And of course, if oil is priced in dollars, dollar is needed everywhere in the world. And uh, the central bank needs to print, to print much, much more in order for inflation uh, to come and happen. So it's just a matter of time, you know. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And the best way you can protect yourself from this is to store your wealth in something that all these governments cannot print. And one of the most amazing emerging assets that offers this opportunity is Bitcoin. Of course there is gold, of course there is real estate too, but look at real estate. Real estate is clearly going, going to go up, definitely, it is going to go up, but it is not going to go as much up as Bitcoin would, because Bitcoin is an emerging asset, and it's just like gold in the 70s. And guys, sorry I have to say that, but this is not financial advice, okay? I just share my opinion on this podcast, please do your own research before making any investments, but... It, this is just my perspective. So uh, same goes with gold. Gold has reached now almost all-time highs in uh, every other currency except the US dollar. Uh, we just reached 1800, which is the highest level since 2011. And this is just the beginning. I assume it will go to 8,000 and 10,000. Um, but considering that gold has a market cap of 10, around $10 trillion and Bitcoin has only uh, a market cap of $100 billion. Bitcoin is like a small little sand in a desert uh, compared to other assets. And that's where I see the potential that Bitcoin could easily reach 100,000 even per Bitcoin uh, within the next few years. And you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. And that's the beauty of it. Because it's so highly divisible, you do not have to buy a whole Bitcoin in order to own Bitcoin. Not like with real estate. You can own a fraction of a Bitcoin. And similar to gold, but even better than gold, because with gold, when, when COVID happened, for example, you could not buy any gold because all the supply chains were closed because of Corona. The only thing that you could buy was Bitcoin among these assets. And you could do it from anywhere on the exchanges. We'll go through uh, opportunities, how you can create your own wallet, how you can buy Bitcoin in the next episodes. But uh, generally speaking, you have access to Bitcoin unlike any other asset 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on Christmas, on New Year's. It does not consider holidays. 
because it is completely decentralized. That's the beauty of it. And it's the most liquid hard asset that exists today. If you buy gold, you will need to find somebody to buy it from you, I don't know, at your gold shop. The shop has opening hours. You cannot sell your gold as easily. Same goes with real estate. You need to find a buyer for your real estate and you cannot buy a fraction of real estate. That's not possible, at least not for now. But with Bitcoin, you can buy 0.0000001 Bitcoin, which is one Satoshi. I'm not even sure if I said it correctly with the zeros. There's lots of zeros there, but... You can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. You could buy $1 Bitcoin. And the beauty of it is that you can sell it anytime you want. It's the most liquid hard asset that exists today. And nobody can print it. Nobody can. So what I always say to everyday friends and family is... Just accumulate Bitcoin on a regular basis. Don't look at the price. Just store Bitcoin, stack Bitcoin as much as you want, even if it's a fraction. And long-termly speaking, it will pay out. Right? So, anyways, uh, I think it's enough for today. We're already 25 minutes in, guys. I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you for listening and uh, I see you in the next episode. Take care. Have a beautiful week. Ciao. Bye-bye.